Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old albums for some reason. I'm Nick. I'm Chris. And I'm Caleb. And uh, this week, I think we have a pick from Chris. That's probably why he's frantically jotting down notes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> trying to do my due diligence. Uh, uh, what do you got for us? We're doing 1983's Flashdance. Oh! Yeah! Yeah. Congratulations. A movie that I recently saw for this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had never actually seen the whole thing. Had you, what'd you think? I was surprised it was both better and worse than I thought. Yeah, okay. Okay. It's, it's like that. Uh, beautifully shot and it's kind of like almost a French New Wave, like a, a movie with no story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but also, it's not that great and nothing happens and it's a little crazy. But we'll get into that. Yeah, I mean, things happen. I, uh, I, this was, you know, when I was really getting into the 80s, uh, when I was about like 18, 19, uh, this is one of the first movies to like kick it in gear. And then I don't think I had seen it since and I watched it earlier today. And uh, yeah. Uh, I have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a lot to say about the movie. Let's jump into track one. Up first, we've got Irene Cara with Flashdance. What a feeling. Oscar-winning song. Yeah. Oscar-winning, Grammy-winning, produced by Georgia Moroder. The production is fucking pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, so this is like finding his second life in 80s movie soundtracks. <laughs> yeah. Moroder. Moroder from the, you know, the birth of disco, Italo mm-hmm. disco, disco in general. Moroder's uh, the best, man. <laughs> He's so oh, good. Oh, man. I love it. Yeah. And there's, you can, you can, the remnants of marauder all over this movie too you know just a lot of, <laughs> a lot of scent baby <laughs> yeah it's in there early i so this is i think is this not the closing song i so think it, it's the intro and the closing okay and she yeah, dances man. to this is like her dance audition at the end and then yeah. it like kind of carries on into the end of the movie where it freeze frames but there's also like hints of it a little bit here and there as well as, um, I guess, the love theme are like kind of sprinkled throughout. So you hear that little like synthy sort of thing. So the performer uh, Irene Cara, so she was kind of famous from Fame, mm-hmm. which is another uh, movie that I've not seen. Yeah, she was nominated. She, it was the first time that two songs from the same film were nominated in the same category for Fame. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. and that was a uh, 1980. Oh, yeah, so yeah I always think of that as like a 70s movie for some reason. The uh, the Oscars in 1984 uh, for this track, Marauder was a no-show. I guess his <laughs> I guess his vocoder broke down or something. <laughs> get his dates confused. Uh, Irene Cara accepting the Oscar with the co-writer Keith Forsey. They almost leave Marauder's Oscar on the podium <laughs> at the end of the speech, and they're, they're like, like, no, oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah, this... Um, this scene, I guess, this is like the famous like dance scene where she like starts the audition, uh, and then she screws up and she's like, "Can I start again?" And you're like, "Gosh, she's gonna blow it! She's gonna blow it!" And then she nails it, and then everyone's like toe tapping by the end of it, and then she's running out to meet her, you know, new yeah. boyfriend Nick. We'll get to that later. Uh, how problematic that ended up. Um, 
But I, I, I'm not gonna lie, you guys. I got a little misty at the end of this because that last scene is so powerful. And then, like, I've got two things to say about that scene. One, all all the judges. These are uh, <laughs> these are. Oh, yeah. First of all, how many judges to get into a like? Not even the dance company. You're getting into it's like the, a dance it's, class it's or like uh, the, yeah, the, some the, some academy, the, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Academy, the Pittsburgh. academy <laughs> of Dance, which I think you could just pay to get into. Yeah, it's sure. like the UCB of ballerina <laughs> schools. <laughs> first of all, there's like five or six judges, and they're all like some of them are smoking cigars. Some yeah. of them are, like there's so much smoking going on. It's the most intense audition I've ever seen in my life. Uh, second of all. In the audition, there are, I think, two, three body doubles and then the actress as well. Like, it's very much lit from behind and a lot of, like, wig work. Yeah, she's got one French dancer that is the body double for her almost in all the dance yeah. scenes. And then there's, there's another... There's a gymnast that makes the vault, the famous vault where she comes forward. And then there's the the guy. Richard Crazy Legs Cologne. And he's the <laughs> one that did, like... The just shaved, the break dancing legs, that you're right? like, whoa, wait, when did she learn how to break dance? And, like, we have not seen any of that... <laughs> But, okay, I was going to say, she nails the audition, breakdances, vaults, shows it all, points at the judges, which none of it's ballet, uh, and then she runs out, and, you know, she left it all out there. You don't know whether she got in or she didn't, uh, but she left knowing she, like, <laughs> did the best she could, and that was the aspect that, like, that's that's the feeling Irene Karen's talking about. That's what a feeling is. <laughs> <laughs> that vocal on that song was originally recorded by uh, Joe Esposito. Oh, yeah. And they, we'll, we'll hear from them later. They changed their mind on that one. They wanted to get a female singing on that track. Oh, good. Good, good, yeah. good. Also, if you're into the Eagles for whatever reason, that may be. <laughs> ch- check out Irene Kara's cover of Life in the Fast Lane. I'll say that it's uh, extremely soulful. <laughs> Also, a fun fact about Irene Cara, her dad had the first charted uh, merengue track in the U.S. Mm. Yeah, so thanks for the merengue. Okay. Oh, merengue. <laughs> Lemon merengue up in here. All in all, that song, yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> no, man. It's a great track. I was, it was literally, I watched the movie, and it was kind of like, well, okay. And then I found myself like singing that song for the next couple hours. I, I feel the same way all those judges did in that scene. <laughs> I was like, all right, what's going on here? And then by the end of it, I'm toe-tapping. Have you seen the uh, the Jennifer Lopez music video? Uh, for, uh, no. Wait, she, for this? She did a music video. Uh, this isn't probably mid-career J-Lo when she was having trying to like uh, have a little bit of a music revival. Yeah. And one of her music videos is like shot for shot, a ton of flash dance, like her welding, like her like watching guys break dance, I think like shot in the same street. Nice. And then this nice. uh, centered around this dance. And ah. she she does that dance and then she, she does a little extra. But it's pretty it's pretty good actually. There's a really good uh, UCB mod sketch where um, it's the same setup and like, you know, a woman's auditioning for the ballet school or so you think. And she does almost the entire dance. It's like she does like two and a half minutes of the dance without like the break dancing and that sort of stuff. And at the end of it, the judges are like, well, I think we've made our decision. Pearl denied. It's great. It's great. Shout out to whatever mod team that was. Let's get into track two. This is Shandy with He's a Dream. He's lucky he just walked on by. He hasn't met a girl like me and you kill him. Lie and tell him that I'd rather die 
Uh, Shandy Cinnamon, Cinnamon with an S. Yeah. <laughs> Shandy Cinnamon. <laughs> it's a little bit of a letdown from the first track. Uh, I should say that uh, almost all, if not all, of this music is original for the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> I respect it for that. This song sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it serves its purpose, which is the, uh, the first dance that Jennifer Beals, uh, her character Alex Owens, uh, does at the... I guess I don't know what we're gonna call it a cabaret. This is a very confusing Pittsburgh bar. (laughs) Pittsburgh Steel Town bar. This this is what like the crux of this movie happens at like what is this establishment? So it's a it's based on a true story of a a steelworker slash dancer out of Toronto who I think stole, she like sold her life story for like 2,300 bucks or something. Okay. And then unsuccessfully. The nice price. Yeah. She unsuccessfully (laughs) sued to try to get some more money when this is a huge hit. But, uh. Yeah, made almost $300 million. Yeah. That's two months rent in Toronto. Uh, but yeah, whatever, whatever actual club, I mean, so this is. In a movie without many villains, it is a movie that has a good strip club and an <laughs> yeah, evil the, strip club. Mobbies, uh, which is the last name of the owner who, like, imagine if you haven't seen the movie, like, Rocky's deadbeat friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, whatever. What's his name? In, uh, yeah, the, the brother-in-law. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Sally or whatever. Allie, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. We need an intern. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Pittsburgh before. <laughs> Did you find a place like that? You know, sometimes when you visit a place, you don't get to see like all the hidden gems. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So at, in this song is during her like the iconic, oh, like, the, she yeah, the... pulls the water down and you're like, okay, this is, that was sexy. Like, this is like, okay, I get it. I guess this is like a, a classy strip joint like an exotic dancer place but as the movie progresses you're like these guys are like all these women are this is a performance art yeah yeah nobody's no one's like and they they get more and more clothes and it gets more and more artsy and strange and the like the clientele is still like steel worker guys like yeah all right like what is this place it's insane so uh the director uh adrian lynn who uh went on to direct uh fatal attraction nine and a half weeks indecent proposal jacob's Jacob's ladder Ladder. which is so good so good and so weird but uh I was hearing an interview, with, and he was talking about uh, his pitch. Part of his pitch was this water scene. Yeah. And he was trying to, like, express to the producers, I guess, Brookheimer and Simpson. He was trying to express to them, like, and then the water comes down, and it's like, and they were kind of, like, kind of nodding, like, okay, maybe. I don't really, uh, which it just, it sticks in my mind, because apparently this movie was turned down by David Cronenberg. Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was trying to imagine the reason. So this, this director is like explaining this water scene, and they're kind of like befuddled, but they're like, "Yeah, yeah, do it, whatever," because they just had some meeting with David Cronenberg, where he's trying to describe like the body horror <laughs> yeah, know, of, of like, being. You're like you're working with molten la- like lava during yeah. the day, and then at night, it's like the fire comes out of you. And they're like, "Oh God!" Like, imagine <laughs> everything you've ever seen in a strip club, but more horrifying. <laughs> Also, I think Brian De Palma turned it down to do Scarface. Oh, well, you know, 
you win some, you lose some. The palm, I guess. <laughs> Jerry Bruckheimer shout out, probably what best known for um, Gone in sixty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> and CSI, all the CSIs. <laughs> yeah, Top CSI. Gun, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, man, Beverly Hills Cop Two, <laughs> Pearl Harbor. Bad Boys. So many. Yeah, Bruckheimer did okay. His buddy <laughs> Don Simpson. Should we get into this? Well, they did a lot together, and then he passed away after The Rock. I think. Yeah. Uh, Don Simpson, I was like, what's the deal with Don Simpson? I've heard of his stuff. Um, they signed a $300 million deal together with Paramount and then Days of Thunder came out and it wasn't that great and they let him go. And so, but apparently Don, Sim- uh, Don Simpson was like a party animal Hollywood maniac and he died of a drug overdose and there was like 21 like pills or whatever, 21 different prescriptions found in his bloodstream. Uh, he had a $60,000 a year, or excuse me, $60,000 a month drug habit by the time he died, which is in 1996. He had a doctor that prescribed him all this stuff who was found dead in his own pool, in Don Simpson's <laughs> pool. And like, yeah. This the- is a production duo that worked with Michael Bay, yeah. Nicolas Cage. It's oh, man. wild. Yeah, dude, the stories about Don Simpson are insane. Hollywood swinging. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, yeah, let's get back to the soundtrack. <laughs> let's get to track three. This is Helen St. John with Love Theme from Flashdance. That is some very expressive piano work. Yeah. <laughs> Marauder is back. That's the thing. It's a Marauder song. The the credited artist is the piano player. <laughs> Marsha P. from Amazon in April of 2016 says, I loaded this to my MP3 player. 2016. <laughs> Along with many of my other CDs. The sound is not too bad, but it's not as good as the rest of my CDs. I have to keep turning the volume up on these songs when they come on. Oh, sounds like an MP3 player. Uh, yeah, maybe Marsha P. Get off that MP3 player. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's a it's a sad indictment that a record like that could win Grammys and Oscars. Oh, well, when you would, have to turn it up. When you have to turn <laughs> it, I had to adjust the volume. volume? What? Three stars. Oh, come on, Marsha P. <laughs> so this album actually made it to number one. Oh yeah, this is a gigantic. This is one of the best-selling albums of, of all, all time. time. This is like twenty million copies sold. Does anyone know what it unseated? Uh, thriller. Thriller. Yeah. We're, yeah. We might get to that later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That was like seventeen oh. weeks on the charts, yeah. and then it. Yeah. It took, I think, like nine weeks for this to climb up. But, That's uh, incredible. Yeah, here the UK, Australia, it topped, I believe. Sorry, MJ, you lose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you had to pick one album, if, if you had to pick one album. <laughs> Thriller or Flashdance? Well, we'll get to the rating section. We'll see. We'll see. What else you guys got for track three? Any any other little track three? Just <laughs> um, dead air time. Okay. I, I thought I was sitting with body language. That I had nothing to say. <laughs> Caleb slowly opens a beer. <laughs> Next, okay. right, I'm just right. pouring the beer on the ground. This, that means that I don't have anything to say. This this might be a good time. Let's. 
let's do a little uh, little role playing here. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I've been living in Pittsburgh for a long time. Okay. You two are two of my party friends that are visiting me in town, and you get you want to have a big night, and you want to go to a strip club. Okay. 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 Ask me about it. Okay. Ready. All right, so where are we going? Tell me about this place. Is this Come like on, a crazy man. place? Okay, okay. Um, well, so, okay, we, we, we have two options. We've okay, got a place okay. called Zanzibar, which is like pretty much your standard. Yeah, Zanzibar. Zanzibar. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, naked ladies, you give them dollars, okay? Oh, oh hey. Yeah. All right. That's why I came or all the way to best weekend ever. Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, um, there's this place called Mobby's, all right? Okay, well, it sounds pretty sexy. Yeah, right? Mobbies, yeah! M-A-W-B-Y apostrophe S. Okay, Mobbies. I guess I care about the spelling. Okay, um, they sell, like, cheap beer, uh, like, you know, mm. cute waitresses, almost, like, think, like, Hooters outfits. Um, last time I was in there, uh, it was pretty sexy, but it's, I would say it's more like an adult talent show for mm. uh, women that are, like, fans of dance. But the clients, you would never know, because they're all, like, steel mill worker guys and, like... What? <laughs> okay, I, but the, these performers make enough they don't have to have day jobs, right? They at least don't have to work during no, the day. Say they, they do. Oh. They do have to work, because I don't think there's, like, a tipping system. I don't... I, oh. I think you pay admission when you get there, and they just, like, drink sales, maybe... I'm not Boo. sure how they're okay, made. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know also, there I brought a bunch of ones. You, well, you can't give these ladies ones. Ah, uh, there's a the line cook got up and told jokes for a little bit. Oh, but he was good. Well, not at first, but then we rallied and like we were pretty supportive. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So you know, I mean, <sighs> nothing offensive, right? Nothing, nothing. Uh, nothing um, <laughs> can you say Polak anymore? I don't know. Why did we come here this guys. weekend? Look, guys. Okay, <laughs> Chris, so, you know I'm a Polak. <laughs> And see, <laughs> you're leaning hard into the best friends there, yeah. dude. The, the character arc of the of the of Richie, the, the line cook. Yeah, the, yeah it, first of all, is uh, I remember as a kid there being a lot of Polak jokes, which yeah. at the time I had no, I you know, I'd never met a Polish person. I didn't know that Polak was a Polish person. It right. was just like the punchline, and it was super weird. And then it just finally went away. And in this movie, this guy tells like. All these Polak jokes. I, I guess it makes sense because it's like a steel and town. And it's like Midwest. Uh, yeah. But then he like leaves to, uh, he le- goes to LA to like uh, chase his dreams. Yeah. And then he comes back like three um, scenes later. Immediately. Yeah. Apparently LA is not picking up on <laughs> Which his is, like, horrible like, <laughs> Polish I don't racism. know if there was supposed to be some sort of a time jump, but he just kind of like shows back up and you're like, oh, you're back. And his like girlfriend's moved on, and then you never see him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just kind of fades. Um, That's another, I also read, and I don't know if this is true in the script or actually in how much they shot, but apparently there was a two and a half hour version of this movie. I believe it. No, yeah, running time on this is about an hour and a half. A little, little bit of change, which like good. It, it feels long. Yeah, it feels long. That was that's smart. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure there was some sort of uh, side character arc about Richie, which no one needed to really see. Um, he's kind of like a knockoff Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> he looks like a bargain oh. brand Steve Gutenberg, if you ask me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, poor Richie. Poor Richie. What are you going to do? Caleb's slowly <laughs> opening another beer. <laughs> Let's get into track four. This is Karen Kamen with Manhunt.
It's kind of reminding me of the uh, song from the movie that unfortunately did not make it onto yeah, the soundtrack. Yeah, Joan Jett. I Love Rock and Roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was in their, the weird weightlifting. The, I Love Rock and Roll. Oh, they're, yeah. wait, they're like, let's go to the gym. And then it's just like a light box room with no one else in it. And it's very like ethereal. <laughs> it was like, beautiful, but it was also, it was presented in a way where I felt like <laughs> the intended audience would be like, women working out this is blowing my mind. What? It was like, it was shot like it was the craziest thing to see within like on a Nautilus. Yeah, it gave me a vibe of like uh, who was it that like let's get physical Olivia Newton John oh, yeah. like that. I guess the workout craze was kind of hitting pretty hard aerobics and they're like women working out. Huh? Check it out. <laughs> pretty insane. Uh, the manhunt song was uh, on. I was playing during uh, another dancer's routine in which she started with a catcher's mask on <laughs> and immediately removes it. And there was no other talk about baseball. I was like, oh, why did she start? And is this, this is about baseball. Why it's a, it's a good angle though in Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. It's like, at least bring some sports ah, into it. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, the comic, try, he makes some Steelers jokes, but they're not really jokes. He's just say, talking about things that happened yeah. for the Steelers. Yeah. yeah. Remember the uh, the immaculate reception? It's like, like Lynn ah, Swan, ah, ah. and people are like, "Woo!" It's like, "All right, thanks, everybody. We got a girl coming up." Remember the Steelers when they won the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a listen to track five. We've got Joe Esposito with "Lady, Lady, Lady." But images reveal whatever. I would say it was probably a good call getting Irene Cara to sing the title track. <laughs> Joe They're like, you know, sorry, man, it's just not. And he's like, but I'm friends with Elvis. I was friends with Elvis. You're going to see I'm the best. I'm the best around. Yeah, I'm gonna... the best around. There is like, yeah, it's like the the mafia of 80s movie soundtracks on this because it's all, I guess it all runs through Marauder. Yeah. But there's. He's the linchpin. Multiple people on the soundtrack were in like the Karate Kid soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, the lady was in Ghostbusters soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I saw a great Marauder interview today where he's like giving the interview through a vocoder, and then oh, it no. just cuts to like <laughs> B-roll of him going like uh, shopping in a fish market for salmon, <laughs> and then like you know trudging through the snow in Germany. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I told you guys about the one. It's like uh, uh, it's interviewing Giorgio Marauder, and like you know it's a puff piece. It's like, if there is a limit to electronic music, Giorgio hasn't found it yet. (laughs) But he talks about touring, and he's like, I never wanted to tour again. Each day I woke up on tour, it was a fresh nightmare. (laughs) This is like very Werner Herzog. I like the Werner Herzog. Yeah, he sounds like it. He's perfect. Oh, he's touring now. (laughs) Joe Esposito. He met Elvis when they uh, they were in the army together. Uh They became like best buddies, and he was his... um, right-hand man for a while kind of like his personal assistant nice. and uh there's a larry king interview and he's like what were you your pa what, what were you he's like you know making sure he woke up and uh got to the film set on time it's like oh jeez, oh, god <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that, I, would, I do not envy Elvis's many PAs, man. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, this is during the uh, the steel mill date, uh, which kind of intros. Should we talk about this relationship? Yeah, I think we should. It's uh, time. Nick Hurley is the, the character. All right, like. so watching the movie, you don't really think of anything being that weird. I, I guess he's he's kind of uh, technically her boss, but he doesn't she doesn't work under him enough to where like he knows he he doesn't recognize her when he sees her outside of work. Right. Yeah. It's like a big steel mill or whatever. Yeah. Um yeah, cuz he's a wealthy guy. Yeah. It had to be pretty big for him to drive a Porsche around, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, there are a couple of good-looking f- It's then, Porsche. <laughs> and then uh like halfway through, kind of it, it turns out that she's supposed to be like 17 or 18. She's 18. Oh. She's 18. At one point she's like smoking a cigarette and he's like, "You're not even old enough to buy cigarettes." And you're like, Wait, what? How old is this? Oh, jeez. And then it turns out that he's oy, like, oy. he's divorced. And you're like, wait, how old is this guy supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot happening there. The power dynamics of this evolve rapidly. And that turns out it's like, oh, he's her boss. Oh, he is now her, like, her only opportunity to get her dream. And now they're dating and like, ooh, he's holding all the cards pretty quickly in this. But to me, it's... You know, when I found it, I was like, oh, he's, like, divorced and that sort of stuff. I was like, this is classic midlife crisis. And then he's dating an 18-year-old exotic dancer. <laughs> and uh, Slash welder. Slash welder. Yeah, she's for, really a welder. For him. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, there's a scene where she goes to, uh, is it an opera or something? Or maybe just a ballet. 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 Yeah, yeah. And she sees him getting into his car with a woman. You just kind of see the back of the woman's head. Yeah. And she like follows him home and throws a rock through his window. Yeah. And then there's this there's a scene where she finally confronts him, and he's bewildered, and he's like, "Oh wait!" She's like, "I saw you last night on that date," and he's <laughs> bewildered. And he's like, "Oh wait a minute!" And you're expecting him to be like, "Yeah, it's my, my grandma sister. or yeah, my yeah, sister yeah. or like." You're expected, and it's like, oh, you mean when I was out with my ex-wife? That's my ex-wife. You're like, no, wait, that's kind of what she. Yeah, that's probably what she yeah. expected. You you so like bad. went on a date with your ex-wife, and you didn't tell your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, that's what she was fearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh all of her. She confirmed, confirmed. <laughs> yeah, fears. This isn't a hilarious mix-up. <laughs> but uh, but also, I, I was thinking about like I thought um, I thought Jennifer Beals was pretty good in this. Um, and that she was kind of like, you know, she was acting like an 18-year-old. She was throwing rocks through windows. She, like, gets out of the car in the middle of a tunnel and, like, you know, dives away. And people are like, oh, my God, like, what's going on? And I'm like, look, man, if you uh, if you date an 18-year-old exotic dancer, you're going to get some rocks through your windows. Like, there's going to be some, you're adding some chaos into your life that you may not be expecting. <laughs> Realizing that he went to her club, watched her do her erotic dancing... Mm-hmm. Sat in his art, car. Art. He sat in his car until she left the closed business. Yeah. <laughs> offered her a ride. She said no. <laughs> and then he just slowly drives behind her all the way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For safety. Jesus. For safety. <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Completely insane. She, she bikes everywhere, which is a pretty cool. Yeah, I, I will say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> they gave her kind of one too many attributes in this as well. Like, you know, she's like, oh, I bike everywhere. Also, my best friend is an ice, like a figure skater. I go to confession a lot. Oh, and I have like a random lady that is also my mentor that's a ballerina. Um, yeah. I am also, I'm a steel mill worker. She yeah. could have just been an erotic dancer. 
That's all this film needed, but she also had to work in the steel mill. You want to listen to track six? Let's do it. This is Laura Branigan with Imagination. Some Prince vibes. Yeah, that uh, one brought to us by <laughs> Phil Ramone and uh, Michael Boddicker. Yeah. a uh, famous uh, synth player. I think somebody on this record is married to Phil Ramone, but not her. Okay. Um, she's on the Ghostbusters soundtrack. I, she has one big, biggish hit that's also in this movie that didn't make it onto. Yeah, Gloria. This. Yeah. Laura Branigan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gloria is playing during the ice skater ice skating scene that we talked about. Oh, I have something to say about that scene. Yeah, go for yeah. It. Uh, so there's kind of a plot. So you don't see the main character's parents at all because she's from Altoona, uh, but the ice skater's parents—that's where they like go to have dinner. And the dad is like a funny dad who's like kind of like not really supportive or whatever, yeah. but he actually. But he's like watching her her ice skating performance and he just starts whistling at his daughter and then he like leans to his wife and is like, That was you twenty years ago. Yeah. And it's like, What the fuck? Man? Yeah. He does not come off as a good dad. And then he like kinda redeems himself he, but, for a second. Well that's the thing. I think he's supposed to be really like I think you're supposed to like that dad. Supposed to like him a lot. But yeah. That fucking comment was one of the creepiest things. Jeez. That was like some that was some real Donald Trump shit. That looks like you 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> lusting after. Ah, I didn't like that at all. Yeah. Um, okay, so Imagination by Laura Branigan was playing uh, during... That's the scene when I was uh, like really, really confused about what was happening at Mobby's. Oh, is this the the Geisha TV? It's... It, it, inexplicable i still like I, I so the main character is performing in front of a tv that's like uh and then she has like uh, japanese makeup on i or? don't think it's the main character it looks like jennifer beals but it also might be like oh. the slightly older dancer um that's like it, are, gives are some, we talking about the same performance yes like kabuki that's makeup. her body double that's the french woman but I don't think it's supposed to be no, Jennifer no, Beals. It is. The, it is? Oh. Yeah, it is. Okay, I'm baffled. <laughs> Here we so go. I, I read I'm about it. because baffled. <laughs> so they figured since they, they put like face makeup on her that no, they just put her in the, the Beals wig and nobody would... But it does not look like her <laughs> no. at all. That's why I was like, I guess it's one of the other dancers that like we haven't really seen. <laughs> no, man, that's so, her. <laughs> to, to paint a picture... It starts out and it's like, I don't know if they're copping on like Poltergeist or Ghostbusters or what, but she's got like a white face and then like she has like kabuki makeup and there's like a tv that is <laughs> like like, <laughs> s- like shooting static at her and she has all this weird like tinfoil on her imagine like sigourney weaver when she's possessed in ghostbusters that's <laughs> yeah, the vibe she's very much out. it's mm-hmm. zool and then she's like against the wall and then like removes this weird outfit to reveal like a weird power suit like <laughs> she has like a blazer shoulders. and then like <laughs> nothing erotic about any of it <laughs> Nothing even like remotely sexy. 
And like, then there's just strobe lights for a minute and a half, and everyone, even the... I watched this episode with Steph, and she hated the movie, but she loved this performance. That performance is she great! Was like, That's like, I, I'm, it's like very interesting of a performance, but like, if you're a, if you just got off a hot day at the steel mill, and you're looking to cool down Woo! and see some naked ladies, uh, oh I would God. be like, what the <laughs> Fuck, am I watching? And even even the owner, Mobbies himself, <laughs> Mr. Mobbies, like, he's like, I don't get it. And you're like, you own this place. What have you created? Oh boy. Yeah. Oh god. I, one thing I will say is that this place is apparently so happening that the owner of the evil strip club hangs out at the good strip club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who also he's also the guy that hawks in front of his own strip club. Like, don't you have somebody to do the worst? <laughs> The worst part of your job ever was like, hey, live, six nude ladies, come on inside. Like, That's the owner. You're the owner. <laughs> I own the place. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Nikki, what do we got next? Uh, maybe we should take a little break here. Oh. I think possibly Chris has concocted a game of uh, Tinseltown Tunes. Ooh, oh, maybe, we can look maybe, forward maybe. to a game of Tinseltown Tunes. Also, at the end of this episode, we are going to recommend our favorite Maniac song Ooh. in honor of Flashdance. Hey! <laughs> Stick with us. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to the Tracklisting Podcast. We want to hear from you. So if you've got a soundtrack recommendation, a suggestion, or a view, uh, did I mispronounce something, or uh, if you just want to hurl insults at us, or you just want to say, hey, uh, please reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram at Tracklisting Podcast, Twitter at Tracklisting Pod, or email us tracklistingpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, uh, why don't you tell a friend that you think might enjoy it as well? Uh, or maybe tell two. Yeah. And they tell two friends. And, and they, they tell two friends. friends. And they <laughs> tell two friends. <laughs> that's how you start a movement. Yeah. And also, uh, if you like the recommendations we've got, uh, you can check out our official track listing playlist on Spotify. Oh, yeah. Tell tell people about the, the playlist on Spotify. And then they'll tell two friends. And, and they'll, they'll tell two friends. friends. <laughs> we love y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Welcome back to Track Listing. We've got the Flashdance soundtrack here, but for now, a game prepared by Christopher Darden. This what is, is another edition of, of Tinseltown Tunes! <laughs> <laughs> That's right, everybody. This is uh, Tinseltown Tunes. I can't believe you wanted to change this name. I know. Yeah. That was our first take. It <laughs> was the first name we came up with, and we're sticking to it. Uh, Tinseltown Tunes, the game uh, about songs from movies. Not soundtrack songs, but songs sang within the film themselves. Tinseltown Tunes! Woo! Alright, so I'm going to play you guys a couple of clues, and you guys are going to have to name the actor and the movie. But uh, this this first clue is just a warm-up, and I I don't expect you to know the actor. I just want to hear... What the movie is, okay? It's okay. just a warm-up. Okay. Just, a warm-up. Just, just the movie. Just to get you in the mood. All right, let's hear that clue. Uh, 
Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It, I, I've seen this movie. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not thinking of anything. Oh, you guys, this is a classic, <laughs> yeah. classic movie. Yeah. Okay. It is used. Cars. Wait, what? Used? <laughs> no, it is used number of times in the film. Okay. So you hear this, and then it recurs later. Let's hear that clue again. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got it. I got it. Oh, go for it. I got open. That is Home Alone 1. Whoa! Home Alone 2? Home Alone 2. Oh, oh okay. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Chris shaking his head in disgrace. Oh, guys, I'm so, <laughs> I thought that was so easy. I thought that was so easy. Uh, That's Uncle Frank singing in the shower. Okay. <laughs> and Kevin McAllister reaches his hand in to get a towel, and he hears him, and then he records that with his Talkboy tape recorder. Talkboy. I had a Talkboy. And then right after that, you see Uncle Franco, hey, you little weasel! Like <laughs> he screams, and then he plays that again when right, Tim Curry right, right. breaks into the hotel room. Yeah. Tim Curry. Uh, for, Donald Trump has a cameo yeah, in that oh movie. God, Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Okay. For me, it ends after that. the first one for me. <laughs> Home Alone 2, All Lost right. in New York. Okay, half, okay, okay. Maybe I get a half point for that. Uncle them. Frank, Gary Bayman. Now, Gary now Bayman? I'm warmed Bayman? up. Okay, now you guys are all warmed up. <laughs> Wheels are greased. All right, wheels are greased. Okay, clue number two. I'm gonna I'm gonna need the actor on this one and the movie. Okay, actor and the movie. Too close. We stare just a little too long. Maybe they're seeing something we don't, darling. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's give them something. I recognize the to voice. It's, I'm locked in. How about love? Love, 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 displaying his singing talent uh, in the room, in the bedroom with John C. Riley. <laughs> I gotta hear you sing. And then he, he What is it, like Mary this. Steenburgen's character is like, he's my son and I've heard him sing twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't sing. He doesn't sing. <laughs> but they agree that he's got the voice of an angel. He's like, that was awesome. <laughs> that was, yeah. I can't even look you in the eyes right now. <laughs> it sounds like Fergie and Jesus. <laughs> All right, round three. All right. All right. Let's hit that clue. Imagine me and you, I do. Come on, I think about you day and night. It's only right, come on, sing with me. To think about the one you love and hold her tight. So happy together. What the hell? <laughs> I have the actor. Same. Okay. Count of three. One, two, three. Nicholas Cage. Cage. Yeah, okay. Don okay. Simpson. Uh... <laughs> Officially not. Don <laughs> Simpson. Best, best pal of Don Simpson. Yeah. Don Simpson, excuse me. Um, I, I can imagine. Is this face off? No. No. Let's, let's hear it again. Clue three, baby. Clue three. Imagine me and you. 
I do. Come on. I think about you day and night. It's only right. Come on, sing with me. To think about the one you love and hold her tight. So happy together. What the hell? Is that a adaptation? That is adaptation. Yeah. That is uh, Donald Kaufman's oh, yeah. to so Charlie Kaufman. Brother. They're so Nick Cage singing to Nick Cage. Nick yeah. Cage serenading Nick Cage. And that also comes back later in the film. But Charlie sings it to Donald. Oh, yeah. yeah that, Love that, that movie. That part was too sad. It's, it's not a even movie. a movie. It's just like, what is that? Oh, dude, adaptation's top ten. So good. I think it's so good. <laughs> All right, we're we're powering through this. All right, round four. <laughs> Flash dancing through this. Um, hey, let's hit number four. A little more obscure this time. Oh, Actor and the movie. When tragedy befalls you, don't let them bring you down. Love can cure your problems. You're so lucky that I'm around. Let my love open the door. Let my love open the door. Let my love open the door to your heart. Is that a Adam Sandler movie? Ooh, no. Uh, You're in the right ballpark. No. Ah, <laughs> uh, so that song is it? Is it a Pete Townsend song? Isn't that? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love open I, I remember the, I remember it from the Gross Point Blank soundtrack. I think that's Pete Townsend from the Who, or yeah, no? It is. It oh is. no, I think it is. Just, it is. Um, I don't. Great I don't remember hearing anybody sing that in a movie. Okay, it is a two thousand dramedy. Two thousand <laughs> mainly mark? mainly drama, but elements of comedy. Hmm. When tragedy befalls you. So this would be the drama don't part. Let them oh, yeah. you down. <laughs> this is a big scene in the movie, too. Love can cure your problems. You're so lucky that I'm around. Let my love open the door. Let my love open the door. I'm going to cry, guys. I know I've seen this, Let but it's not coming up. Okay. Caleb, any, any more hints? You got anything? Sure. Um, so this earlier, this is a section of a song. Earlier, it's a duet with Dane Cook. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Fucking Dane Cook. Okay. Uh, is this what uh, is this Dane waiting? No. No. Uh, or the the one with Jessica uh, what, Jessica you're Alba. Thinking, uh, good luck, Chuck. <laughs> it is not good luck, Chuck. Um, it's not waiting. It is a dramatic turn for the person singing as well. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, right. I don't think you guys are gonna get it. What it is, is it? Uh, Steve Carell and Dan in real life. Oh, yeah, yeah. You remember that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. I, first, I wanted to say uh, Little Miss Sunshine for some reason, even though I knew that that song wasn't in it. Yeah. This, this movie I guess was I recognize the place. This movie was a real turd. Uh, <laughs> the two lead, uh, like, romantic leads are Dane Cook and Steve Carell, both doing drama for the first time. <laughs> and, man, it is bad. Ooh. It is so bad. Ugh. Shame on you. Shame on you all. Yeah, I've not seen that movie. Uh, Round five. That's fine. All right. Last and final round. All right. 
We're in it. All right, you guys. This is for all the marbles. Neck and neck. If you get this, you win the so. game. You guys are t- you guys are currently tied. Okay. Oh, you guys are oh shit. Tied, oh fuck. So everyone's <laughs> in. All right, let's hear that clue. Everything is all right. I got a beat from Kim, and she can fuck all night. Called up the homies, and I'm asking y'all, which park are y'all playing basketball? Get me on the court, and I'm trouble. Last week, fucking Brown got a triple double. Maybe, uh, how about a clue there? I I mean, it's an Ice Cube song. This is a comedy. It's like, yeah, it's like an old white guy doing it. Yeah, yeah. And we're all supposed to be happy about it. Like, I don't know, is it like, it's not out of Bullsworth. Warren Beatty. Warren Warren Beatty. Oh, yeah, that's a good guess. Warren Brady. Warren Brady. (laughs) Warren Brady. Brady Um, Warren. I will say, here's a hint. He's singing karaoke. And he asks, right after this, uh, he asks if he can say the N word, oh, and the crowd says yes, and he does. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I don't think I know that. Let's all right, play it again. All right. Listen to the voice. I got a beat from Kim, and she can fuck all night. Called up the homies, and I'm asking y'all, which park are y'all playing basketball? Get me on the court, and I'm troubled. Last week, fucking Brown got a triple double. Oh, I, fucking, I, I know can rec- be. I can recognize that voice. Yeah, it's yeah. driving me crazy. It's a very famous voice. I don't know. This movie is from 2016. Okay, I'll play, I'll it, play it one, one last more time. Tintle tattoos. <laughs> Everything is all right. I got a beat from Kim, and she can fuck all night. Called up the homies, and I'm asking y'all, which park are y'all playing basketball? Get me on the court, and I'm trouble. <laughs> Last week, fucking Brown got a triple-double. Oh. Ah, Round five. This, I, uh, we're tied. Uh-oh, the, we're both going to lose. This movie also stars Aubrey Plaza. Oh, I don't <laughs> That's not helping me at all. And mm. Zac Efron. Ah, yes. Um, Is it Mike and Dave got married? No. No, what? no, no. no. <laughs> Uh, it's something like that, yeah. With An- with Anna Kendrick. No, no. <laughs> oh! All right, here's the big reveal. It okay. is Dirty Grandpa, ah. and that is Robert De Niro. Okay, oh. bummer, <laughs> bummer. Oh, we are all losers. Dental Town Tunes. How exciting it is. I feel like we don't watch the same movies. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. Thank you, to Chris Darden, for uh, a real stumper. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very. These were very public films. Um, Dan in real life is a little obscure, but it's Steve Carell, and it sounds like Steve Carell. I Robert De Niro. I can't. I'm not gonna back down. A uh, uh, hundred million domestic, dirty grandpa, 2016. They they yelled him to say the N word. Yeah, he goes. Can I say this next word? And everyone goes yes. And then he says it. And then at the end, he was like, thanks, and words, and everyone cheers. <laughs> but, I mean, he says it, you know. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, 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 he says it the Jesus. right way. Not like a hard R. <laughs> Always a dull moment with Tensile Town Devolves into just discussing the N-word. Okay. Okay. Hey, moving on. Jumping back into the soundtrack, we've got track seven. This is Donna Summer with Romeo.
Very nice. That is uh, Sylvester Levi and Pete Bellot writing that song with Donna Summer. Donna yeah, Summer. where's Marauder on this? <laughs> well, it's funny because obviously she got her big start. Uh, right. He's still fixing that vocoder. <laughs> with the Marauder songs with uh, I Feel Love and I Love feel to Love, love You, yeah. Baby. And, mm-hmm. Which are some of, I mean, those songs are amazing. Love is in control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Donna Summer. This is like... A little bit of a B-side. <laughs> yeah, it's got a little yeah. bit of like a new wavy, like uh, it's not very disco. Hey, it works perfectly at a uh, at a nightclub, adult nightclub <laughs> during their Halloween party, which is uh, what's happening. Oh, dude, uh, the main character. Wait, I don't even know the main character's name. Her, Alex. Her uh, Alex. her clown Alex outfit Owens. is really really good. I know. I it's like, like I might try to do that. <laughs> She, she really put a lot of work into that clown. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like uh, abstract uh, Picasso clown something happening. It's very good. Okay, so if we're not confused enough about this club, uh, it's like Halloween night, which is like a night where a lot of people go out. They want to like go to a nightclub, maybe see a show. Yeah. And there's no show happening. It's yeah. like the place is being run by the performers. Like yeah. nobody Let's seems to be buying drinks. Lock or- the doors. <laughs> private party only. It's a bar. We don't want to make money during Halloween. Let's have our own party. Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> I guess it's supposed to show the passage of time because then this is when Richie shows back up in the oh, alligator yeah. costume, the 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 line cook slash aspiring comic. Like, okay, we finally like get to find months. out what uh, happened to him after he like left two scenes earlier, yeah. and then you don't see him ever again. Yeah, I know. So this movie was written by Thomas Headley Jr. And, Shout out and mm. Joe Esterhaus. Esterhaus. And uh, Thomas Headley Jr. didn't really have too much else to his name that was noteworthy. But uh, Joe Estras had uh, Showgirls, Basic Instinct, <laughs> Showgirls 2, Basic Instinct 2. Like, he really <laughs> stayed the course on, like, you know, it's a drama, but there's a little something daddy. <laughs> I don't know what Showgirls' sound- soundtrack looks like, but we should definitely do that. We might need to do it. That's, I mean, dude, that's Paul uh, Verhoeven. Uh, so... <laughs> It's that movie is bananas. The first movie it defined a genre. Erotic thriller had never been done <laughs> oh, before. But you heard um, it here first. Joe Esterhaus, he ended up doing, um, I guess, a movie that was, and I can't remember which what the name of the movie is, but um, it was so uh, rewritten. He wrote it, and it was like you know chopped to hell that he ended up putting uh, the famed Alan Smithy on it, which is that's when a, a Hollywood screenwriter. Is like, wow, they totally butchered that movie. It was nothing like what I wrote, so please credit me as Alan Smithy. And he even appeared in the documentary, the Alan Smithy <laughs> story or whatever. It's like, thank you very much. I will just take the money. Yeah, I'll just take the money, please. Like, don't attach my name to this. It'll kill me. Uh, so, <laughs> Let's jump into track eight. This is a band that no one knows anything about. <laughs> Good luck. This is Cycle 5 with Seduce Me Tonight. Was that a uh, Rod Stewart's like secret uh, solo career? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, this is playing at the uh, the Zanzibar, the evil strip club. Oh, it's you can tell. A normal strip club. <laughs> before, one quick thing. Uh, we were talking about the problematic relationship between the two leads. Uh, one thing I read on Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt, but the uh, the role of the, the lead actor was apparently turned down by Gene Simmons. Oh, thank God. That would have been a no. terrifying oh, movie. God. <laughs> yeah. What? That is scary. An <laughs> 18-year-old steel worker. No. Yeah, I could... Uh, oh, my God. What's scary is I could kind of visualize all of that. The movie yeah, would I mean, make so much sense. So much more sense, yeah. Oh, but it would be man. a horror film. Yeah. <laughs> oh! Looks like we've got some breaking news. What? Hey! This just in from Smash Mouth on Twitter from 8.05 a.m. this morning, oh. August 14th, 2019. We have a very, very cool release coming this month. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> breaking oh, news. So stand by. Hopefully by the time this episode airs, Smash Mouth will have talked about the release. Uh, we're on pins and needles here at Tracklisting. Just to be clear, maybe you're diving into our back catalog. This is Wednesday, October 14th, 2019. <laughs> hey. <laughs> the uh, day that will remember in infamy. <laughs> all of the uh, comments on Twitter, everyone's chiming in saying, uh, All-Star 2. <laughs> which sometimes you got to give the people what they want, yeah. which is a song sequel. Yeah. I mean, Smash Mouth knows how to play. Like they, they, they're playing the hand they've been dealt. I just want some guy in like the audience for an Eric Clapton concert to be yelling "Tears in Heaven" four, five, and six. <laughs> oh, Smash Mouth also getting into it on Twitter with Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, a couple of weeks Good. prior. Yeah, he needs to get knocked down a peg. Yeah, I don't know if you guys Smash saw this. Mouth. This was uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson tweeting about those uh, those shootings that just happened in El Paso and Dayton. <laughs> I did see this. He made a comment. Well, his tweet says, uh, quote, In the past 48 hours, the USA horrifically lost 34 people to mass shootings. On average, across any 48 hours, we also lose... 500 people to medical errors, 300 to the flu, 250 to suicide, Whoa, what? 200 to car accidents, 40 to homicide yeah, via handgun. some hand real, gun. like, uh, galaxy brain. Our, our <laughs> emotions respond more to spectacle than to data, which uh, infuriated myself and uh, yeah, was, a ton of other people. Well, what is he trying to prove with that? I, I like, don't know. What kind of statement is he trying to make? So Smash Mouth chimed back down on Twitter and <laughs> said, fuck off. <laughs> There's nice. your data. <laughs> and for the first time in my life, I am behind Smash Mouth. Retweet the Smash Mouth tweet. Oh, man. I mean, he's just totally tone yeah. deaf. Uh, well, it's... And Walmart, in response to that... There's all these things we're trying to do things about, but then people just pay attention to the thing we're not doing anything about. <laughs> Okay. Walmart said that they were going to stop selling uh, video games that included gun violence while continuing to sell <laughs> so, actual guns. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's not get too political. Uh, I had a lot right. more to say about Zanzibar, oh, the, uh, oh. the other strip club in, uh, in Flashdance. On a side note uh, in Smash Mouth News, <laughs> okay. the uh, Shrek soundtrack will not is... Be deterred. <laughs> The Shrek soundtrack is now available on a Shrek green vinyl as of this month. Oh, friend friend of the pod. That is some good news. Uh, She wants to come back to do the Shrek soundtrack. Carolyn Page, yeah. Yeah, in in honor of the new reissue. Ooh, 
Well, we'll have to bring her back on. Coming soon. Coming oh. soon. We, we haven't announced it yet, but... <laughs> the episode you've all been clamoring for. <laughs> the Shrek soundtrack. Man, there's just <laughs> never a dull moment in Smash Mouth news. Oh, God. It's amazing. Well, let's jump back into the soundtrack here. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is track nine. We've got Kim Carnes with I'll Be Here Where the Heart Is. Interesting title. <laughs> The penultimate track. <laughs> Speaking of Rod Stewart vocals, yeah, man. <laughs> Kim Carnes definitely sounds like... Everyone sounds like Rod. Everyone sounds like Rod. <laughs> Is that Rod? <laughs> Kelsey, my girlfriend, was saying, she's like, she's, she's like the female uh, Rod Stewart. <laughs> Not the first person to say that. I, there's a thing that people look up sometimes. Uh, what song was like number one when they were born? And for me, it was Betty Davis Hives by oh, nice. Kim Carnes. Betty Davis Which is like... It's a great one. It's a dude. song I've, I've learned to like. Especially because you have Betty Davis eyes. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I never told you that. <laughs> um, uh, this is playing when uh, Hannah, uh, I guess the mentor of Alex Owens, has passed away, uh, which seems needless. <laughs> You're like, why did they have to kill off Hannah? She was just like a lovable old grandma. I like the woman that's in her apartment that just says, Oh, oh, she died. She died. <laughs> comes you, up behind. What are you oh, doing yeah. here? I see you here all the time. I'm going to just tact, like tactlessly say, she died. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is, she's, she's at the, the lowest point. You know, she's, things are on the rocks with Nick. Her Hannah died, which I thought for half the movie, it was Nana, which would make yeah, more I, sense. I thought it that her. it was the grandmother. It's not. It's just some, it's just lady? some r- random lady named classic Hannah. Classic mix-up. Classic mix-up. And I looked up. it up. I was like, wait, is she saying Hannah or Nan? It's Hannah the whole time. My Hannah has died. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a wild yeah. movie, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I was going to say, so um, in the previous track... Getting Seduce back me, to Zanzibar. We're getting back yeah, to Zanzibar. Zanzibar! Carl Zanzibar! Zanzibar. Get, get back to the Zanzibar, man. <laughs> So, uh, I guess Alex's friend, Jeannie, played by Sonny Johnson, who was the waitress and also aspiring figure skater that fell twice, so her figure skating career is ruined. She gets poached by the uh, the rival club owner to come dance, which, well, like, it all seems like yeah, well, she that, didn't need to do that. So, he's the only kind of villain, and he starts dating her after the comedian leaves town. Yeah. And she, then... It's like kind of set up like maybe he's like a pimping her out, but she's really just kind of lazily dancing. Like yeah. it doesn't seem that I don't know. It doesn't seem that bad. But but there's a big scene uh, in which Alex Jennifer Beals runs into the Zanzibar and like drags her off stage, and it made me laugh. Uh, in that there's all like in, that happens in a lot of movies where like maybe somebody's dancing or like whatever, and then somebody like like Forrest Gump he pulls Jenny off stage. And then their patrons that are booing when that happens, like, boo! <laughs> like, don't take her off the oh stage. And I'm like, could you imagine seeing like the emotional roller coaster of like somebody uh, in that position, then getting dragged off stage, kicking and crying, and then you decide to go, like, boo! 
embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why would you boo? All right. Uh, so, to you, what is what is more surprising, that response <laughs> or uh, all the steel workers in the other bar that are watching, like the. Uh, the, the like the physical art happening on stage is being like okay and politely clapping. It's uh, an interesting take. I think it was a response to uh, uh, television in the eighties. I guess. Uh, I guess. Yeah, the television is you know her god, and she's <laughs> dancing for her god, and we're just here to see it. <laughs> uh, we got We're working the midnight shift. We oh man, I'm getting pretty drunk. Uh. <laughs> 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 All right, Nick, what do we got coming up next? We are pulling into the last song on the soundtrack. Ooh. Last but not least, we've got Michael Simbello with Maniac. You can cut you like a knife. So that's like the big song on the soundtrack. Um, the other one, one, I think this is the second largest song on the soundtrack. I think that the, uh, the and first. second longest. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's pretty fucking. I mean, I love this song. It's famously, it had famously been rewritten. Right. It was famously about an actual maniac. Yep, about an actual killer, and it okay. was, uh, he will kill your cat and was, nail it to your door he's a maniac oh. maniac that's for sure he will kill your cat and nail it to the door which it's got it's just got such a better ring that version i'm shocked it's catchy i uh, i scoured the internet for the original demo <laughs> and it is uh it has been lost it's uh, totally it scrubbed totally scrubbed ah, yeah, man. Yeah. but man we gotta get our if if you have any sort if of any listeners at home have access to that recording oh my god please send it i want to hear the cat getting nailed to the door <laughs> uh nikki okay. you know about this guy right uh michael simbello he was a session musician for uh stevie, stevie wonder, wonder. Yeah. Oh, okay. songs in the key of life like uh what was his uh, instrument he was a guitar player. Guitar, guitar player. player. And okay. he wrote a song that was uh, going to appear on Thriller. Yeah. And then got the boot in favor for... Uh, Human Nature. Human Nature. Oh, the, he did. What song the, did he write? The Toto song. It's called Carousel. It's called Carousel. Ended up in like a... I've extended, heard that song before, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Not as good as Human Nature. <laughs> it's not as good, and it's about falling in love with a circus girl. <laughs> like, did he? I mean, did he so write that will. song like specifically for that purpose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. yeah, yeah. That's was... really funny that he lost out to someone who uh, wrote that Human Nature being written in high school or early college, yeah. accidentally <laughs> getting onto a tape that you know somebody heard. The but, thing that I love is that so he got booted off a Thriller. A thriller becomes the biggest album in the world, and it's like, ah, what the fuck? And yeah. then he like writes a song for I think it's supposed to be for some other slasher film. Yeah, and then he rewrites it for this. And then as Thriller's becoming like this huge album, this comes out, and this okay. is the album that dethrones Thriller. Oh, so he had a little bit of a yes. Yeah, he's got a vindication um, of there it, you I go. think. And, and this had a similar story to Human Nature. Mm. Is apparently his wife like accidentally put it on a demo to somebody oh, which very interesting you know, seems to keep happening that all these <laughs> everything's a songs fucking accident <laughs> accidentally and all these b-sides of cassette tapes yeah. 
Oops. Yeah, yeah, right. That's the industry. A bunch of people accidentally sending songs to each other. I, I accidentally know. put this in an envelope and accidentally mailed it in. Yeah. Oh, I, I forgot. Oh, you got I those sandwiches? Like, yeah. Oh, there was a tape in there? Oh, uh, I don't know. I Set, don't know. You know, maybe just listen to it. If it's something important, let me know. If not, just throw it out. <laughs> Best-selling album of all time. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> Oh, man. Last thing I want to say about this whole album before we start rating this sucker is um, during the break, we were talking about in one of the scenes oh, yeah. um, in one of the scenes at the at Mobby's, you know, Mobby's, uh, the, uh, the, one of the Mobby's regulars, the, is, the, the confounding. Yeah, there's like a bunch Dance of club. close up shots of the guy from Arliss. And yeah, you're like, yeah. wait. Wait, I know that guy. It's, it's, it's Robert, Robert Wool. Robert Wool. Yeah. Oh. And you're like, why? What is? Why does he keep showing him? And he never does anything. And then he just goes away. He had to have been cut out. He, he either something. got cut out of the script, yeah. or he's he's maybe he's just from Pittsburgh, and he was just <laughs> got ambling got around. This movie. But it's not like he was famous at this time. This is '83. No. This is uh, decades before Arliss. This is a decade and a half before Arliss. Jeez. Um, so you see him, and you're like, wait. It's like seeing Larry Miller in the background <laughs> yeah. of like, you know, striptease. Like, we love there. Larry Miller. <laughs> know, yeah. Same similar kind of guy. <laughs> I was Robert Wool's probably the third most famous person in this fucking movie. <laughs> he really is. He really is. Cuz I I thought for sure the guy that was Nick Hurley was also the guy in Scarface that is um uh, I can't remember his name, but it's like uh you know, Scarface's best friend, Al Pacino's best friend in this oh, ends up yeah. dating a sister cuz they look guy. Like in my memory, I thought they were the same person, but anyway, but they're not. He's not. He's definitely the third most famous person, if not second. That's pretty insane. <laughs> Almost insane as this movie. Uh, well, thank you, Chris, for uh, picking this uh, soundtrack for us. Yeah. Now you have to rate it. You love to hit this theme. <laughs> These Hollywood hotkeys, man. Good night. All right, I'm not going first this time because I, I shit all over the last soundtrack and then everybody else loved it. Apparently. I'll go first. I'll go yeah, first. They all, yeah. Uh, so we are rating this on a scale of zero to fifteen stars. Mm-hmm. And decimal points allowed because we like to be specific. Yep. Just that's like right. our uh, colleagues at Pitchfork. Yeah, that's right. I would give this soundtrack a thirteen point eight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, I identify with the story a ton. Uh, I used to work as a welder slash exotic dancer and wanted to be a ballerina. So this one hit me close mm-hmm. to uh, close to my heart. Um, you know, it's so, crazy. You hadn't seen this movie until now. <laughs> the, it's kind of like my feelings for the uh, pretty woman soundtrack that we just did. It's like these super cheesy late eighties, early nineties movies with super cheesy scores uh, just kind of, I, I like it for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but also on the soundtrack, you have all these awesome Marauder songs, and I certainly wouldn't be doing some of the stuff I'm doing today in music without Marauder's influence. So that's a big one for me. Giorgio, Giorgio, man, it's that yeah. mustache. Oh boy. So yeah, thirteen point eight, solid rating. Thank you, yeah. Nick. Yeah, yeah. Thank good you. pick, Chris. Good pick. All right. Well, I think I'll go next to put uh, Chris in a difficult position, as we like <laughs> no, to do. No, no, no. Let him go next. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I want to. I want to watch him square. Oh, when oh man, Chris, uh, keep your rating. Keep your rating. <laughs> la, 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 la. So, out of 15, I'm going to give the soundtrack a 6.1, which is, I will give it credit for being almost all original music. I like two songs on it quite a bit, 
and the rest of it I find very forgettable. As much as I love Giorgio Moroder, he's he's put out so much music that I don't need to revisit the later stuff that's not that great in my mind. So what'd you give it? 6.2? 6.2. Nice percentage. Nice percentage. Okay, that's fair. Um, All right, Chris, which uh, side are you on? <laughs> and now, a rating by Chris Darden. <laughs> Middle of the road Darden that doesn't know which way to go. Okay, here's where I'm at. Um, so I think this uh, soundtrack it is bookended. You're sweating a lot, buddy. You want to take a break? Should a we take a break? A lot like the movie. Hey, a lot of sweat in this. I've movie. I've got a game ready. Let's do a double game. Everyone is sweating the entire time in this movie. Maniac, that dance scene when she's alone in her loft apartment. That's awesome. She is sweating. Like a, a profusely, con- a concerning amount. I like, might oh, add. She needs a mop after this. Um, <laughs> it's one of the first filibusters in track listing history. <laughs> okay, gerrymandering. <laughs> I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a ten because okay. uh, it is bookended by two really, really good songs. What a feeling is number one. Great and song. Number ten is Maniac, which I I, both l- great. I really enjoy both those songs. Unironically, I really love them. But, I, said, I said I like those songs. Man, there's a couple of stinkers in the in the interim. But hey, you, you wow them at the beginning and you wow them at the finish, and you end up with a ten flat out of, okay. out of fifteen. Out of 15 For the stars. listeners at home, that's uh, that's book ending. <laughs> book ending. Okay, what did I say? What did I say? Well, okay. a, I think it's a book ending. <laughs> okay, yeah. no, you don't. All right, ten flat. You know, cause... very nice. All right, so I've got the highest rating. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Marauder. Thanks, Marauder. We are going to move on to our recommendations. Yeah, as I said before the break, in honor of the uh, the Maniac Flashdance soundtrack, we are adding our favorite Maniac song to the tracklisting Spotify playlist. A loose definition of Maniac here. Songs about uh, people that have gone crazy or crazy songs. Crazy songs. Songs crazy. about Maniacs. Yeah. Maniac songs. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, I, I took this theme a little loose. Um, and I chose a song called I Want You by a band, by a pop duo called Summer Camp. It's a 2011 song. Oh yeah, Summer Camp. And, um, this is what I imagine a a love song would be written, um, like if it was uh, written by a maniac. So let's hear that one. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty... It sounds like a song for some reason to me that would like be in The Cell. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know it's, why. It's, it's, like, it's, it's got a like really uh, intense vibe. It really does. It's, a, it's very disturbing. It's very pulsing. But it's very listenable. Um, and I, I keep thinking about like if it were sang by a man, it mm. would be like horrifying. But it's for some reason the haunting female vocals kind of go with this vibe. And it's, you know, she talks about like... I want to write your name in blood on everywhere. Like, it'll make the evening news. Dave Navarro style. Like, I want to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, like, I want to hold your hand so tight, every knuckle would crack. Like, And you're like, oh, God. But, like, you kind of want to keep listening. I don't know. It's... Imagine Joe Esposito singing Flashdance. 
terrifying. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> All right, summer camp. Check nice. them out. Nice. nice. Like that pick. Yeah, I want you. Disturbingly listenable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go next if you okay. don't mind. Yeah. Um, so I picked a song from 2000. This was uh, a band called the Avalanches. I don't know if you guys know the Avalanches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they started off as kind of a punk band, I think out of Australia. <laughs> and it was one of those funny stories where... Uh, one of the members of the band slowly took over the creative control and just moved from like that's never happened from a full band and he just ended up like uh he was interested in sampling and he put together i mean maybe Uh not just him but they put together an album uh i think this album had a total of over uh, 3500 samples and uh, it's a slippery slope man it took it took over a year to clear all the samples through legal um but actually this, cleared yeah wow. they cleared everything and uh the song that i'm picking is called frontier psychiatrist nice the board have decided to expel dexter from the entire public school system oh, mr kirk i'm an offended you to but surely expulsion is not the answer i'm afraid expulsion is the only answer it's the opinion of the entire staff that dexter is criminally insane same 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 <laughs> ボーイニーズテラピー。サイコスマティ。ボーイニーズテラピー。ボーイニーズテラピー。ボーイニーズテラピー。ボーイニーズテラピー。ボーイニーズテラピー。ボーイニーズテラピー。ボーイニーズテ
Yeah, check out a uh, Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Pink Floyd, if you never heard them. Uh, I Up think, and coming. I think they're on Spotify. Uh, you can check them out. Uh, great song. Great I'm surprised song. you didn't yeah, play yeah. the. Uh, what was your, Yeah, what was your guess? 20, I picked a he, Shine on You, Crazy uh, Diamond. Yeah, he he thought right. it was Psycho, Psycho Killer. Killer. Uh, okay, gotcha. Uh, just a guess. Because <laughs> I almost picked Psycho Killer. <laughs> I almost picked uh, Shine, you know each other Shine on You, Crazy well. Diamond. Yeah, yeah. It's well, thank, game segment. <laughs> thank you very much to Chris for hey, taking the soundtrack. Chris, thank, you guys. Thank, you. thank you guys for listening. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to Teen Commandments for our intro and outro music. Yeah, check out the song Ruby on wherever you find music. And if you want to reach out to us, uh, find us on Instagram or on uh, wherever else podcasts are sold. Find us on uh, Gchat. We're there all day. Whose pick is it next week? I think it's my pick. Caleb's got a pick. Any ideas? I've got a few. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let it go. All right. I'm just saying, Twister would be a great one. Stick with us. <laughs> <laughs>